Is your child struggling with teasing, but you're not sure how to address it from a heart-oriented biblical perspective? Well, you're in for a treat today. I'm glad you're joining me because Ginger Hubbard is here to talk about why children tease and what God's Word says about teasing. And she's going to encourage you with practical ways to train your children to build others up rather than tear them down. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys, so thank you for watching today. Those of you who are on YouTube and tuning in wherever podcasts are available, we appreciate you listening. I also want to remind you that if you'd like to send me a question, you can reach out to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Well, I'm going to jump right into today's topic because my friend Ginger Hubbard, who is an incredibly wise woman, she does a lot of great things for moms and dads and teaching about parenting and that kind of thing. Ginger is speaking at women's events. She has parenting conferences, homeschool conventions, which is where I met her, and she co-hosts the Parenting Podcast with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Heidi. It is always so much fun to be on with you. I'm glad that you're here. Girl, you are cranking out the children's books. Well, you know, I've been wanting to write children's books for a long time, Heidi, and I really am not that creative with storylines for children's (laughs) books. I beg to differ. I had, well, let me just say, I made many, many attempts and got many, many rejections over the years. And then I, uh, my webmaster, Al Rowland, who has helped me behind the scenes for many, many years, our families are really close friends, and we were all at the lake together at our lake house, and we were out in the pontoon boat. And I had gotten another rejection because my story was so bad that I'd submitted to some publisher somewhere. (laughs) And Al said, you know, I have a really good idea for the book about whining. And he told me the storyline and I loved it. And so I promoted him from web, webmaster to co-author. I love it. Well, I love these books. Right before the show, I was telling you uh, that I have three of them now, all three of them. And I'm just, I can't wait to give them to my daughter because she is in the middle of parenting three little boys and a very cute toddler child daughter. And I love the way you're doing this because really this is how you reach children, right? You want to talk to a child about anything that's uh, on your heart. You got to be able to communicate in a way that children understand. And Mm -hmm. this is a great topic. So tell us all about it. So this is a series of books, Teaching Your Children to Use Their Words Wisely. And Al Roland is helping you do it. And I'm curious to know what are the common forms? Because we last time you're here, we talked about lying, right? We've Mm -hmm. talked about, we've talked about, uh, about the way that you deal with that. By the way, if you guys want to listen to that podcast, I'll link back to it today in the show notes because you're going to want to jump back into that one too. But what are the most common forms of teasing that goes on between children? Well, Heidi, I'd say that most teasing falls under two categories. There's teasing in the form of mocking, which is imitating someone for the purpose of making them appear or feel stupid or silly or ridiculous. Then there's teasing in the form of insulting, which is verbally ridiculing or belittling someone for the purpose of making them appear or feel inadequate or less significant. Uh, But whether the teaser is criticizing, belittling, or making fun of someone in a joking way, biblically, teasing falls under the category of unwholesome talk that does not benefit the listener. In fact, unwholesome talk does just the opposite. It tears down the person who is being teased, which is a direct violation of God's command in John 13, 34, to love others and his command in Ephesians 4, 29 that says we're to build others up. Yeah, that's right. Boy, a little bit of a little dose from the Bible 
Never hurts. How can parents identify the heart motives behind their kids teasing? Because I've got seven kids, you know, you've raised a bunch of kids. It's very important that parents understand where the heart is. Like sometimes it's an innocent, right? The child's not meaning to hurt someone and someone uh, someone gets their feelings hurt or they injure the heart of another child. How can you help parents identify the heart motive behind their child's teasing? Well, there are typically three motives behind children teasing. Motive one is that they're doing it to get attention. Motive two is that they're doing it to entertain. And motive three is that they're using teasing as an excuse uh, just to say whatever it is that they really mean Mm. or think or believe is true. But then they just tack on that whole, I'm just kidding, which is actually a lie because they're really not kidding at all. And so all three of these motives are selfish in nature because they all bring a form of satisfaction to the teaser, but it's at the expense of hurting someone else. One telltale sign that teasing is for the purpose of getting attention or entertaining is when obviously there's an audience involved. But it's selfish for children to put their own need for attention above the needs and the feelings of others. Uh, We're told in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, that we are to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, we're to value others above ourselves. We're not supposed to look to our own interest, but it says each of you look to the interest of others. Yeah, Jay and I have said something to our kids over the years, and we've we've always told them that to every joke, there's an element of truth. So if the kids are saying, well, I was just teasing, I say, you know what, you're not really teasing because everyone knows that at the end of the day, that thing you, what you try to do is just couch it in humor, mm-hmm. but you meant what you said. And or so sarcasm. We, That's right. Our sarcasm, we want to let our yes be yes and our no be no. We want to communicate in love. It's so important that parents recognize uh, recognize this in their kids. What is the problem with children using teasing as this this means that I was just talking about to express how they really feel? Well, it's like you said, Heidi, it's it's deceitful to verbalize what is true in the heart and then play it off as teasing. Proverbs 26 verses... Um, 18 and 19 clearly address that issues. Those verses say like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. And so like you just mentioned that verse in Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs 537 that says we're to let our yes be yes and our no be no. And that verse, verse also warns us that anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So some children use teasing or joking to send these hidden messages because they lack the nerve just to come right out and say whatever it is that's really on their hearts. And then when they're called on it, they backpedal with the whole, I'm just teasing. And the I'm just teasing, it's a falsehood because in fact, they spoke how they really felt. They were not truly teasing. Other children, Heidi, have difficulty expressing their, their true feelings simply because they don't have healthy communication skills. So they mask their true feelings by teasing and joking. But whether this kind of teasing derives from a lack of nerve or a lack of healthy communication skills, it still lacks the merit of truth. And we're told in Ephesians 4.25 that we are to put off falsehood. And verse 15 says that we are to speak the truth in love. So the bottom line to all of that is that Biblical and unselfish communication involves speaking truth and love and encompasses the motive to always bring good and not harm. Yeah, I I think as you're saying this, you know, my mind is going to all the parents that are listening to this going, yeah, I do that. Because really, our kids are they're they're picking it up from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it isn't just children that are guilty of this. Right. This is something that adults do all the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes in this biting sarcasm, particularly in the culture 
right now. This is a really important issue for parents to address, to be able to see in their own lives first. So am I setting a bad example for my kids? Where in the scripture can we find uh, examples of teasing so that we can better understand why God takes this offense so seriously? Well, there's a story in Second Kings chapter 2, and it tells about a gang of boys, 42 boys to be exact, who were teasing the prophet Elisha about his bald head. And Elisha called down a curse on those boys in the name of the Lord, and then two bears came out of the woods and mauled the whole gang. Now, I wouldn't recommend that particular There's story. There's a bedtime story to for you. Exactly. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that one for bedtime. But Heidi, I will say it's definitely one that would get their attention. The moral of the story was that to ridicule Elisha was to ridicule the Lord. And the severe consequences the boys suffered as a result of teasing were God's warning to all who would criticize his creation. And the scripture says that that gang of boys actually yelled out, get out of here, baldy. But the thing is, it was God who created Elisha's bald head, just as he created all of us with different personalities and characteristics and appearances and interests. And to make fun of any aspect of the unique qualities of God's creation that's to criticize the creator himself. Proverbs 17, 5 says, whoever mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. So children are not to tear one another down through hurtful teasing that dishonors God. Instead, they are to encourage one another and build each other up because that's what God commands all of his children to do in 1 Thessalonians five eleven. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about just, you know, instances with my own kids over the years or things that I have said in front of my kids that I shouldn't have said, you know, whether Same. it was about whether it was about somebody else or something that I'd seen and they over they overhear those things. I think it's really important. I'm always telling parents, you can't pass on what you don't possess. And mm-hmm. so if your child is struggling with this, if you notice your child is a mocker, we've done we've talked a lot about mocking in our family and and encouraging our children to love each other. Uh, I think, again, I mean, I hate to keep bringing this back to parents, but most of the time when your kids are struggling with this, they're also seeing that in their own homes. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. You have come up with a three-step strategy that helps children overcome the bad habit of teasing and uh, allows them to learn how to treat others in a way that builds their friends up rather than tear them down. What is that? Well, step one is to ask heart-probing questions. How many times have you heard me say that? Yeah, a lot. Asking, that's right. Well, that's where we want to start because that is where God starts. You know, it was interesting. I didn't realize this. I'm always talking about how Jesus um, set the example for us so much in the New Testament. When people did stuff wrong, Jesus would ask heart-probing questions. And I've always talked about that, but I'm going through a study right now in Genesis. And I was so excited because just a couple of days ago, I don't know why it's never hit me before, But when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, that was the first heart probing questions. God didn't come and start shaking his finger in their face. He asked several heart probing questions. Yeah. Yeah. You can call them rhetorical questions. Yeah. Yeah. Because he already knows the answer for sure. Yeah. He does. And a lot of times we know the answer. Exactly. (laughs) But we need to ask those questions because it helps children to take ownership of the sin that's in their heart, which helps them to recognize their need for Jesus. 
Mm. Uh, now, as parents, we do have to remember that we can't judge the motives of our kid's heart. Only God knows the true motives of the heart, but we can ask those questions to help them evaluate their own heart. So in a situation like this, the parent might say, you know, something like, honey, in the Bible, we're encouraged not to do things out of selfish ambition, but to value the needs of others above our own. Could it be that you are putting your need to entertain or to get attention above the feelings of the person you're teasing? Are your words showing love by building up or are they tearing down? How would you feel if you were being teased in this way? And so those are just a few questions that we can start out with. And we need to keep in mind that even when our children don't answer questions, you know, how many times do we ask our kids a question and they clam up? Even when they don't answer, we're still causing them to begin thinking about what's right and wrong and what does and does not please God. So even when they do clam up, they're still pondering those questions and answers in their hearts. So step one is always the heart probing questions. That's the example set forth for us in scripture. And then step two is to reprove the child for teasing. Uh, I encourage parents not to overdo reproof. Uh, Just keep it very simple. And so they might use for teasing, use wisdom from Matthew 7, 12, uh, by saying something like, sweetheart, we're told in Matthew that we should treat others the way that we want them to treat us. Would you want to be treated this way? When you tease, you're using unwholesome talk that dishonors God and hurts others. And Ephesians 4.29 warns us about this. That verse says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And so step two is to reprove. And then step three is to train the child to edify others. Uh, We always want to tell them not just what to put off, but what to put on. And so the second part of that verse in Ephesians 4.29 is a great verse for teaching them to speak words that edify and build up. So in that case, you might say something like, honey, you know, not only are we commanded to not allow unwholesome talk to come out of our mouths, but the Bible says that we're to speak only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And you know what? Your your words are not benefiting others right now. They're hurting others. But the good news is that when God gives us commands, he also enables us through his spirit to follow those commands. So, you know, let's just pray. Let's pray right now and ask God to help you only speak words that will benefit and build up. Man, I, I just think you should. This this book should be for parents. I mean, the more you're talking, <laughs> the more I'm just like, these are these are conversations that I have on my show all the time uh, because there's so many things going on in the culture. And it's so easy for us to slip into a manner of speech speech that's not pleasing to the Lord. I'm looking at your book right now. It's called Sean and His Amazing Shrinking Sister. I'm going to put, so for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can kind of see the cover of this. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. So well done. Uh, I love the illustrations. It's just beautifully, it's beautifully written. And I love the way in which you write these books. And I think it's very engaging for children. Tell our listeners a little bit about the story. How does Sean and his amazing shrinking sister help children learn why teasing is hurtful and then introduce them to the importance of building others up? Well, in the story, every time Sean teases his sister, she shrinks, which represents (laughs) how tearing others down makes them feel small. And it's not until his sister has gotten so tiny that she's almost gone that Sean realizes the harmful effects that his teasing has had on her. And so as the story progresses and Sean asks her forgiveness, his relationship with his sister is restored. um, Her size returns to normal. And Sean learns why God calls his children to build others up and not tear them down. In the story, Sean has picked up on teasing from his mom and dad, like we were just talking about, and his parents 
When our kids struggle with an issue, should we look inward to examine our own hearts to see if we might be struggling too? I'm sure you're going to say absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And you've really already touched on that, Heidi, because so much of what our children learn and are doing are being exemplified in us. And so, you know, they learn not just by what we say, but also by what we do. And so they're always watching us. And we're told in Matthew 7, 5, that we should remove the plank in our own eye, and then we can see clearly to remove the speck from someone else's eye. And, you know, there's one thing that we all have in common with our kids, Heidi, and that's that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And we are just as much as they are. We need God's rescuing grace and help just as much as our kids do. And I think it's encouraging for kids to know that. And as parents, um, you know, we need to be honest with our kids about our own struggles at age-appropriate levels. And because when we admit our own sin and our own need for Jesus to our kids, it encourages them to do the same. Yes. And I'm thinking, you know, I was just thinking about a long time ago, and this is a story I often tell on the road about a friend of my daughter's that was staying at our house. And dude, and I, I lost my temper in front of my kids. Right. They had it coming, Ginger. I got to say, okay, this wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like out of the blue, but I still, I lost my cool. And in that regard, I sinned against my daughters because of the things that I said, because of the manner in which I behaved. And I eventually, you know, 15 minutes later, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you got to go and make it right. You're willing Mm -hmm. to sin against your children in front of their friend. You need to go and make it right in front of their friend. And so I sort of slunk downstairs, you know, I was feeling kind of, <laughs> I was feeling kind of bad and, and really embarrassed that I let him get under my skin like that. And I'll never forget this as long as I live, because after I apologized to my two daughters said, listen, I am so sorry, you guys. I mean, uh, I was irritated by what you were doing, but it's not an excuse for me to behave that way. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. And they forgave me. And I look over in the corner and here's my daughter's best friend and she's crying. And now I'm feeling I'm feeling lower than snake poop in a wagon right right now because I'm like, this <laughs> this girl has seen me lose my temper. Here I'm the I'm supposed to be, you know, the person who's in charge of the homeschool co-op and all the things. And I just went over to her and I said, sweetheart, I am just so sorry. And here's this young girl. Uh, she's one of seven siblings that were homeschooled. Her parents are in the middle of a divorce. And she said to me, you don't understand, Mrs. St. John, I'd give anything to hear my mom apologize just one time. And I think often we don't realize the power Mm -hmm. that our apology brings with it when we recognize our own sin Mm -hmm. and then acknowledge it to our children. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can you think of other ways that we can acknowledge our own issues as we realize? I love that you said in age appropriate ways, right? But to Mm -hmm. be able to walk side by side with our children so that they see that we also are accountable to the Lord. Right. I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's it's being willing to go humble ourselves when we do something wrong to our children, um, or even if they see us uh, do something wrong to someone else, we need to be willing to humble ourselves. Because when we go and we humble ourselves and say, you know what, the thing that I just said, it, it, it was not respectful to you or this other person, and it was not honoring to God. You know, will you forgive me? And when we do that, our children see what the conviction of the Holy Spirit looks like and how we are to rightly respond to that conviction. So some of the best teaching moments with my children were the times that I blew it. Right. Um, and they <laughs> saw me humble myself because when we humble ourselves, uh, you know, God exalts the humble, which means not necessarily that that gives us something to brag about, but it means that he is exalted in our humility. And so it's so important that parents um, are, are willing to do that and let their kids see them do that. 
That is just that's that's what the Christian life is all about. That's what knowing and responding to Jesus is all about. So just as much as we're asking them to do that, they need to witness mom and dad doing the same. It's sanctification. It's mm-hmm. it's realizing that, you know, until we go home to be with the Lord, we're always going to be in the process of dealing with our own sin and learning to walk in right relationship with the Lord. Such a beautiful thing to model for kids. Mm-hmm. This is a three book series uh, so far. Uh, what other books are available in the Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely series? Well, there are two other books that released last year. One is Sam and the Sticky Situation, and the other one was Chloe and the Closet of Secrets. So just real quickly, in the book Sam and the Sticky Situation, uh, it's, it's a book about um, Sam who figures out that he's able to get what he wants when he whines. But during a trip to the fair, Sam finds himself in quite the sticky situation when all of his whining leads him to being covered in cotton candy and stuck on the top of a Ferris wheel. And so after a series of super silly events um, that not only affect Sam, but also everyone around him, because doesn't whining affect everyone around us? Uh, in the end, Sam learns that nothing he wants is more important than pleasing God and that there are better ways to communicate than whining. And then the other book, Chloe in the Closet of Secrets, Uh, For every lie that Chloe tells in the book, this crazy little fluff appears. And so Chloe tries to hide all of her lies by stuffing all of the fluffs into her closet. And it's not until her closet is so full that it's ready to burst that Chloe realizes that her lies are hurting her relationships. And then in the end, uh, God uses Chloe's dad confessing his own lie and asking God to forgive him to encourage Chloe to do the same. I love that. And you've gone a step further and put tools for parents in each of these uh, books, right? I have. At the end of all three books, there is a resource page for parents and caregivers that supplies biblical content and practical strategies uh, for the problem at hand. So parents can learn exactly how they can deal with these issues in um, age-appropriate ways that they're going to be able to understand. So the parent page at the end of the one we've talked about today, Heidi Sean and His Amazing Shrinking Sister, which is a book about teasing, helps uh, children recognize the parent page is going to help parents to help children recognize the heart issues behind teasing, uh, the harmful effects of tearing others down, and of course, the benefits and blessings that come from adhering to God's commands to build others up. I don't know about you, but I grew up on Archbooks. Do you remember Archbooks? For like a long, long time ago, and they had them on just about every story in the Bible, right? The story of the rich man and the poor man, the story of Jesus and the uh, the feeding of the five thousand, but each of those books, which there might have been fifty of them in the series, little little paperback books, but they were all written in rhyme, and I loved them, and I think it is something that has endeared me to that style of writing. You're written in the same way here. Uh, you've written very much in a rhyming style, and I'm wondering why why you did that. Do you find that it helps keeps children's attention? Do they retain the the message better than if the story was just written uh, in a simple narrative? I think so. I think it's easier for kids and even adults. Dr. Seuss knew it, right? Exactly. Even (laughs) adults. uh, It's just easier to remember things that are written in rhyme. You know, think about it. That's why, Heidi, we can listen to a song just two or three times, and then we know the lyrics by heart. And and like you, you could probably, you're like me, you probably could uh, recite Dr. Seuss stories without even opening the book because you had read them so many times. And it's just the rhyming words are just catchy. They're easy to remember. And so after... You really probably just a few reads. I say a lot of times, but after just a few reads with the rhyming books, um, when I would read those to my kids, they were in my heart. Yeah. And, you know, nothing against Dr. Seuss, but I think it's far more beneficial for words based on the truths of the Bible to be in our hearts 
And of course, the hearts of our kids. Yeah, I totally agree. This is a fantastic series. I super love it. You have a podcast. Tell listeners where they can find you if they're interested in checking out your parenting podcast. Okay. Yeah, that is my favorite way to encourage parent. We have a weekly podcast called Parenting with Ginger Hubbard, where we love to help parents move past outward behavior and uh, address issues of the heart from a biblical perspective. And we are super passionate about helping parents move past the frustrations of not really knowing how to handle specific issues, like we talked about today, teasing and whining and lying, and when kids aren't pursuing the Lord, um, kids who are really struggling with heavy emotions. Just a, We just deal with a different topic every week and just love helping parents move past those frustrations of not knowing how to handle those issues and into a very confident and biblical heart-oriented approach to raising their kids. Yeah, the biblical piece of it, I think, is so important right now. And and I have observed, and I'm sure that you have too, because you and I are in a lot of the same events around the country. We're watching a generation of young parents right now who have really not seen this modeled. It hasn't been taught in the church, hasn't really been modeled maybe by their own parents or in previous generations. And so your podcast is really pointing them in the right direction. Ginger Hubbard, you are just such a treasure. I appreciate all that you're doing for parents as they're raising their children to love and follow Jesus. Where can people find you online? Uh, probably the best place to find me is on my website at gingerhubbard.com. And Heidi, if any of your listeners are interested in this book series, we've got a great deal on all three. Um, or if they just like the one we talked about today, um, they can get uh, 10% off. Your listeners can get 10% off if they enter the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. I love that. You guys go to her website, check it out, Parenting is the promo code. You're going to love this series of books. It's well worth it. You definitely need to have it in your library. And if you're a mamsie like me, you want to have it at your house for your grandkids. Thank you for listening. Ginger, thank you for coming on. I appreciate having you. Oh, thank you, Heidi. It's always a blessing. Same. For more information on Ginger Hubbard, you can go to my show notes today and I will link back to all things related to this book series and to my friend Ginger Hubbard today in the show notes. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast, that it's been uplifting for you and that you've learned something today. Make sure and share it and let everybody else know this is a great place to find great information. Love your people well today, you guys. See you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture. 